Welcome to Church in the Wild, everyone. This is Seth, and today i got a really cool conversation to share with you guys. My friend Garrett Vogler and I have known each other for several years, but very recently he's actually become a Christian and committed his life to following Jesus, although at the beginning of our relationship, uh, that is definitely far from the kind of person that I met back then. I've enjoyed my relationship with him so much, and the journey that he's been on has been so inspiring that I wanted to share it with you guys and let you have a chance to hear firsthand what it's looked like Um, to see someone come to faith in Jesus and hear a little bit about the relational journey that took place uh, that helped him to get there. I think the Church in the Wild is about just that, living out our faith in the world and a a faith in a place and and sharing our faith in places where it may not necessarily be shared by all people, but doing it in a kind and loving way. And I made a lot of missteps along the way, and, uh, and I think it's cool to see how my story and Garrett's story were merged together, and God used it for a greater purpose, and, uh, and uh, I think it's just the beginning of a lot of cool things that are come uh, from Garrett and out of Garrett, and, uh, and, uh, and even, even for myself, I feel like I've really benefited tremendously uh, just from knowing him and seeing everything that, that God has really done in him. So without further ado, you guys, I want to introduce you to my good friend Garrett. Hope you guys enjoy this conversation. All right, we got a first time, but I don't think a last time, guest appearing with me right now in the Church in the Wild podcast. I got Garrett Vogler with me, y'all. What's up, Garrett? Yo. So this is going to be really fun uh, because Garrett and I have had a friendship going on now for, oh gosh. Pretty we close to 10 years. Has it been that long? Close to. Yeah, you know what it probably is? <clears throat> it's super close to a decade. Um, and uh it's, uh, it's been a really fun relationship that we've had and a, a lot of cool moments. But, you know, by far kind of the big kind of awesomeness of the whole relationship has been, I think, seeing um, from where I met you to the transformation that has happened in your life, the way that you've met God and now developing a relationship with him. So that has just been a, a really fun journey. And I think that is the journey that I'm eager to have a conversation about and kind of share with people out there and and uh, I, so anyway, we were just kind of, as we were getting going here, we were trying to kind of reminisce back to the genesis of our relationship and how, how we met. Right. And so how, how do you remember first coming across yours truly? So I, re- <laughs> I remember um, it was probably, you know, between eight and 10 years ago, yep. um, both yourself and your wife were clients at the salon that I worked at. I Sorry, well, she was, a, she, was a, she was a client first before me. Okay. Yeah, yep. that's right. Yeah. And then along you started coming in and my coworker was getting to a point where she wasn't really preferring the men's haircuts as quite as often. Mm -hmm. And with you being the busy person that you are, and of course having a wildly big sports background and I'm sort of a sports freak. Wild is generous, but I appreciate it. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) she, my coworker had told me like, Hey, this lady, her husband needs in. You've seen him before. You've talked to him a couple times. Yeah. I think you guys would mesh a little bit better than we would. Yeah. And so I think you should take over cutting his hair. Great. Yeah. And so there we begin. And so. Yeah, there we begin. I actually remember, I remember the first time I actually met you. Mm-hmm. My wife started cutting my hair the second we started our marriage. So we got married, got home from the honeymoon. And I think she gave me my first haircut within weeks. And, uh, this is kind of a funny story. I remember I got my first haircut from my wife. It was before like, I want to say it was like before YouTube was really a thing Mm -hmm. and really popular. So it wasn't like you could go watch a tutorial on it, you know? So I think my wife was, she bought like a clipper set and then there was like a how to kind of guide, you know, of kind of how to use it. And she looked at that, like the most basic Ikea instruction sort of thing. You can imagine how to cut someone's hair. And, uh, so she cuts my hair. I go, I'm still playing football that year. I go to the locker room, and as I'm sitting in the locker room, I remember uh, Nick Barnett. You know, remember that yes. name, Nick Barnett? Like played he for was the Packers. Yeah, he played for the Packers a bunch of years. He's actually a pretty big time NFL player, but uh, he was uh, he just started like staring at me. You know, his locker was just right across the room from mine. He just started staring at me as you know as I'm getting dressed and everything like that. And it's a little awkward, and he like walks over to me and he's just staring at my head, obviously now, you know, and he says, "Bro." Who cut your hair, dog? Oh, no. I said, uh, <laughs> my, my lovely wife. You know, it's like you can't lie. You know what I mean? You just got back from a honeymoon. You don't want to say the lie. I don't, I don't want to put this on supercuts. I don't want to put this on supercuts, man. This ain't, this ain't them, you know? And so I, you know, I said, my wife did it. She said, dog, that is love. That's love, man. <laughs> 
It's like I had I had no idea it was that bad. Oh, I still get to deal with those people. Uh, yeah, well, so that went for several years. She started seeing, like you're saying, one of your colleagues at your mm-hmm. salon and uh, started building up a neat relationship with her. I was really enjoying it. And she kept saying, like, oh, man, this this girl's so cool. You'd really like her. You know, I she was still cutting my hair to kind of save money. She got a little better by that time. She's like, I really think you should go get like a real haircut. A nice. You haven't had one forever. You should go do it. And so sure enough, I went to get my cut by her. And just like you said, she's getting you were actually right next, mm-hmm. like cutting someone's hair right next to us. And so we were talking and like there was kind of like a three, four way kind of conversation. And uh, I just remember like all the tattoos and everything like that, cutting hair and you guys are going off on sports together. And I was like, all right. So it was kind of that awkward moment like, all right, this is my wife's hairstylist. How do I transition to the dude like standing next to her without being rude? But little did I know she was already kind of conspiring to kind of make that happen and work. So like, I, I really don't know this dude that well, but I kind I kind of want to, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it worked. And it worked, and I figured, you know, like this is this is this is gonna be really fun. If nothing, I have no idea where this whole thing is gonna go, but I I have zero doubts it's gonna be boring. Yeah, and so, it was not. And yeah, it so that's where it began. Picked up real fast too. Yeah, yeah. Where do where do you see it? Uh, how do you remember going from there? So, I think it I was only at that establishment for I don't know just a touch over a year before I had ventured into my own spot. But in the time that I had transitioned out of that job into opening my own space, um, this coworker was also going with me. Yeah. And when we had opened, um, between my wife and I at the time, we had opened that place up together and we had brought over this coworker of mine and I, of course, opening a business is, is bumpy times. Yeah, for it's sure. rough. I mean, yeah. lots of highs, lots of lows. And this was the first time you would open up your own salon. Oh, you had just yeah. been working for other people. And at this point, I mean, right? to be perfectly honest, like I really do enjoy what I do. I don't think this is like my dream job yeah. by any means, but I, I really ever wake up hating to go to work yeah. and I get to interact with different people of my community every day, which is fantastic. And so, um, through opening, you know, in my marriage, of course, like there's lots of those highs and lows with opening a business. And uh, we just had a couple of really bumpy days where like the three of us together, me, my wife and my business yeah, I don't co- know, partner, yeah, coworker, right. whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. We just were not all really meshing very well together. And I don't remember how I don't know whether I gave you my phone number once upon a time for appointment purposes or what but i don't know why i'll never ever forget this day it was a monday night i don't know what the date was but uh it was definitely a monday night Mm -hmm. and um i got home on the later side of a monday which was abnormal yeah and like i had literally just stuck my key in the door and i got a text message and i don't really care that much about phones or whatever but i'm on mine constantly like doing nothing usually but if I get a text, I'm answering it or a call like right now. Yeah. And so it it was you and you had texted me just to let me know, hey, that me and this group of guys, we get together on Monday nights, you know, at one of our local spots and we just hang out. Yeah. We chit chat about this and that. And, yep. you know, and my initial reaction, of course, being that it was coming from you and knowing that you were a pastor and I don't have... I didn't have a religious background really of any kind right. for the majority of my 40 years of life. I yeah. mean, I've been in and out and around certain things, That's right. but I just didn't never know. Never like in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah never sure. in it yeah. at all. So pretty and, clueless in terms of what yeah, it definitely. all means. And, that, you know, sure. so my first thought was like, oh, brother, like, Dude, what that's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> but then like very quickly, I mean, really quickly, like I transitioned into like, how did this person who is attached to God in a very strong way, of course, being that you're a pastor at a right. church, like right. in my mind and not having the knowledge, like doesn't get much higher than that. Yeah. Like, I get paid sure for it. Him so and Jesus you know. <laughs> or BFFs. And so um, I just remember thinking like, how did he know? that today of all days was like so bad and so hard mm. and like am i going to be able to get through this yeah and like just in that fact right there like just the how did he know yeah. today of all days that i needed like him especially yeah and when i 
the funny thing is now, now that I am a Christian and I do know a little bit more, not yeah. a ton, but yeah. a little bit more, it was weird to me that when I say him, like, not only do I mean you, Seth Trimmer, yeah. but like him, like, how did I have these two people, I guess, if you could call it. Sure, yeah. Whatever, um, you know, right here at this time. And so um, I didn't go that night, but I did go... I think it was like a week later. Yeah, within yeah a couple of weeks. Yeah, and we're, yeah, we're doing it at like I think every week at that point. Yeah, and it wasn't and, long. And the cool thing was, it was right by campus, which was That's right close to where you live yeah. and sort of close to where I live. For all the and locals, it was McMinnon. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, like a local brew pub. And yeah. it was a you know usually we met at nine o'clock at night, so That's there right, was man. hardly any students Put there. The kids to it bed, was fantastic. No students. Yeah, yep, yep. got away from your significant other. That's like right. you get to go hang with some bros, yeah. like it's local, good time. local yeah. beer, you know, like the whole, the whole, but thing. that first time it was just you, me and Tyler. And I was like, that was the first time it was just us three. Yeah. And Tyler's another good friend of mine. So yeah. And yeah, just, it's usually a large group, but I, I don't, and he's also very involved in the church here, which yeah. is super cool. Right. And so, um, I remember like, I'm not intimidated by that. Like I'll go hang out with anybody. Like I love being surrounded by people and having yeah. conversations you're, with different you're people. You're a people person. Yeah, for of sure. all the people I know. Yeah. <laughs> you're the people person. But, you know, there are those people that, like, Garrett's a little much. Like, yeah, you know, for sure. Because I pretty much say what's on my mind. <laughs> yes, you do. I don't really hold too much back. That's why it's not boring. That's Although why I, <laughs> I, it's so crazy, too, because how sensitive I am. Like, ugh. Anyways, um, I wasn't very intimidated that night, but I could definitely tell that there was, like, something was changing, like... Mm in some certain way. And so all the weeks after that, um, sometimes there was a ton of us. That's right. I remember that one night, I think there was like 30 of us. That was like when Chris yeah, Zahner had, was there and Brian right. McNeely. A giant, huge, All mega these table. really great people. Yeah. And all these people were not only like very nice and easy to become friends with, but they all like immediately, genuinely cared about like your well-being and why are you here? And like, what do you do? And where are you from? And like... Everything was like so great. And I think over the last 18 years, like just politically and religiously, mm -hmm. and I mean, just all kinds of with technology, everything's changing and moving and going so fast that, that being a 40 year old in a town of the size of Corvallis and being that we are yeah. like on a very liberal side. And yeah. I think there, there's a lot of, things to deal with and look at in the future. And I mean, having young kids at the time, I was a little afraid of like the future of America. Hmm. Like, are my kids going to grow up and like not really have these interactions with people because of all the technology that's so like coming. Yeah. And, and, and unpersonal. And, mm -hmm. and I was having a hard time, like really believing that there was this many like genuinely nice people out there that really yeah. did care about your well-being. And so through the course of this time, I don't remember how long those Monday nights lasted for us, but um, it went a little while. It did. And I think that I was trying to stay involved for about a two year period. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being that we're so close to a major university, like people come and they go. And yeah. so there's only a certain core group of us that do stick around here. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you just want to quickly fast forward to like now time or let's just move forward through. I got baptized last year yeah. in January 22nd of 2017. Yep. And um, like that space in between the time that we did those Monday nights and the time that I was baptized, um, none of those core group of you people went anywhere. Mm -hmm. And, and when I say that, like, I don't mean you like didn't move out of town or whatever, yeah, but some, like some of us did actually, you yeah, didn't, some of them did. you didn't leave me. Right. And like those core group of people, like they continue to like genuinely care about my well being, And that's a big deal, especially when I didn't have a foundation of any kind other right. than my own agenda. Right. Or like the agenda of me and my wife and my kids at the time. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it's, well, there's a lot wrong with that. Yeah. But it's a small world. Yeah. This is kind of small and It's a very small world. world. Yeah. And you struggle a lot when you don't know where to turn. Yeah. When 
problems arise. So with dealing with all those highs and lows, I did, um, you know, you tend to, you tend to find religion or faith, you know, when you're faced with the worst adversity or, yeah, you know, just pretty common. troubles. Yeah. And so in true fashion, uh, I went through a divorce and I looked to you for mm -hmm. counseling mm -hmm. and not as a religious figure, which was definitely a bonus feature to me at the time, but more or less in the fact that like, I knew you've always like, talk to me like a friend is supposed to talk to you. You listen like right. you're supposed to listen. And then, you know, those other core people around too also helped with that, you know, by continuously doing the same thing. But, uh, well, I sought you out to talk to you more about, you know, how I could help put my life together and yep. get I'm stuff ready. on the yep. straight and narrow. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, I don't know, you just have this way and I don't think that if I would have asked you initially in the beginning, like, what do you hope to get out of this as far as like counseling right. me or anybody else? Right. And I think I would have expected at the time for you to tell me that, like, first off, my agenda is not for you to find God. <laughs> but uh, you do have this really crazy, subtle way of like slipping him in your back pocket. Mm. And yeah. That makes me sound like a. I feel like it pickpocket charlatan kind of guy. Right? Yeah, no, they'll take it. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of how it felt to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Because when yeah, I no, went totally. in, when I went in to talk to you, like we were talking about like my life, and you know, like I that's wanted, right. I wanted this to be, you know, on my level. That's right. Kind of on my terms, yeah, of course, totally. too. And so, well, like, I, well, I just remember those conversations because you know you're coming as as a friend, right? Mm -hmm. And I think from the jump. Like as a Christian, there's of course always a there's always a motivation in your life to say like, yeah, I'd love a new friend, but like, like I know that there's a better friend than me to even have that I enjoy. So it's kind of like it's kind of like the same idea from the Monday nights where we were doing those were I mean that was an informal small group from our church, you know, mm -hmm. where we're, where it was just kind of open to guys like you or anyone to come in. We had several people just kind of flow through it, come in out. We could easily invite friends to it. I mean the idea is like. Yeah, like we could have a connection that's great, but I know some other dudes, you know, and even there's like there's also a God involved that I would love for you to have a connection with, but in no way is my friendship like it's contingent upon that. Right. You know what I mean? And that's that wasn't put as like, you know, this ultimatum, like, man, you wanna hang out with me, you better you better get to know Jesus. But at whatever point, like our relationship went to a level where it's like, okay, real stuff was happening, real life is happening, real struggles are happening, and and, uh, and you're asking all these questions and trying to process it. Well, it's like, well, I, I mean, if I'm just being authentic to me, like, I don't know how to process like the mm -hmm. deepest of life stuff. And all my experiences are ran through that filter of God and like his word and, and his wisdom and so forth. So even if I'm not saying Jesus by name, it's like, well, that like his wisdom is going to come out of me. Just because that's authentic to who I am. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just always, you know always like amazed at how open and receptive you were to that. Cause sometimes people go through hard times and it's like the second, like you start to bring up anything maybe on a spiritual level or anything like that. It's kind of like, Oh, don't use this moment to wedge in your Jesus right. stuff. And I'm like, Man, I'm not trying to wedge it in. I'm just trying to be authentic. I don't know what kind of advice that I have that is honestly all that helpful, you know, but I, I know a God who's really great, you know, and even if life is horrible, being with him is better, better, not. you know, <laughs> not, um, and so that's kind of was kind of a lot of the tenor of our conversations. I remember, uh, I mean, there's a couple of uh, interesting points along the way. And uh, and maybe people might be interested to know a little bit of my perspective from mm -hmm. this thing. Definitely. So, I would. Yeah, I'm sure you would. I don't know how much we've actually talked about this before. But, I mean, I was stoked, like, the second that, like, our friendship started, started like, it started. I, did we go, like, golfing or something like that? We did. We went over to Lebanon and that's, went to... That's right. We went to Mallard Creek, didn't we? That's right. That's um, the only time I've ever played there. Yeah, it's a sweet course, man. Not very well. Um, they, they have pastor's discounts there, which is great. 
Uh, that's right. That was the main reason why we <laughs> I went think out that's there. Why we went. I was like, oh, I can I be a pastor skate. too? Yeah, I was a cheapskate, man. I was just that's all. Oh, I was but I was about. even more that day, especially not being religious or having <laughs> faith of any kind. I was yeah. like, can we just lie and you say that I'm the, the pastor too? You, you figure out the real person when you play golf with them, like <laughs> when they're tossing the nine iron into the woods. Seriously, <laughs> you figure out every four-letter word in their vocabulary real quickly. That's just true. Especially with me. Yeah, man. I've golfed with enough pastors to know even some of them got some four-letter expressions on the golf course. So, but I'm not going to name any names. So I'll, don't worry. All the pastors. <laughs> And I'll sweat in bullets now that have golf with me. Um, but I, I, so I think a lot of Christians struggle with this. Like, man, I'm enjoying this. I'm having a great time at this. And I'm even sense from you, like, man, there's this openness, like, cause you're like, you're really great. You do as a profession, like you cut hair. And so you're really good at just talking to people and asking questions. I mean, you're not just kind of, sometimes you get people cut your hair and they just fill up the time by talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, sometimes I appreciate that. Cause I just get to sit and listen. But you actually know how to ask really good questions. Like that's that's a super strong gift that you have. And you would ask these really deep probing questions that literally like took my ability to keep Jesus on the shelf away from me. Like there was no way to not talk about Jesus just because right. you were asking such meaningful things about my life and you know like about my parenting or about my marriage mm-hmm. or you know about why. Like why? Are, well, of course I'm a pastor. Yeah, why are you a pastor? How did that happen? It's like well, that's a very natural question to ask. You know. And, uh, and then I have to give an answer for it. But I remember that day we went golfing. Like we, I don't know how long we'd known each other at that point. It didn't feel like that long. But I remember thinking to myself, okay, like there's, he's like so many questions. There's so many opportunities. Today's a day I'm really going to explicitly, I'm going to talk about my story. I'm going to tell him my testimony. I'm going to tell him how I met Jesus. Like I'm going I'm to do it. Here I go. I'm going to share the gospel. Here it goes. And I remember just hole one and then the hole two, you know, and then we're joking around, hole three, hole four. I'm like, whole, this is it, hole five, I'm going to do it. I drive and I'm like way off to the right and you're way off to the left. Okay, we well, can't have a conversation now. And I'll see you at the green kind of a thing. You know, hole six, hole seven. Anyway, long story short, the whole day goes on and I basically more or less chicken out, you know, like we have a great time conversation, but I'm like, I'm feeling like this is the moment where I'm really going to step out, take a chance. And I don't. We went out to lunch afterwards. And uh, I remember we went to Old World Deli, sitting mm-hmm. over sandwiches. And we're, we're at lunch, and somehow the conversation just dropped to a deeper level. And it dropped to a deeper level, and I think you said something like, can you explain to me, like, why Christianity is, like, w- like what it means or why it's different from, like, other religions or, you know, like, why is, what, you know, what makes it unique or distinct? Something like that. And I'm like, okay. They're literally, you cannot tee up. <laughs> right. I, I, like, I'm just going to be. Especially after we just played golf. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, here we go. And I just started talking about Jesus, Bible, my story. And I think we went maybe like, maybe like 10 minutes or something like that. And, he, and I remember you said this, and it just cut my heart. You said, ah, oh, geez, I got to pick up my kids in like two minutes. But this is the stuff I was actually hoping to talk about while we were golfing. I just bummed. We waited all the way till now to do it. Oh, well, we'll have to do this another time. I thought to myself, oh, Seth, like you giant idiot. Like I totally let my fear and insecurity get in the way for something that was you were actually wanting to do. You know what I mean? Um, and of course, from that moment, like the Jesus conversation was fully breached, you know, and I'd come in and cut hair and we talk about it, you know, and, and, uh, and converse about it. But that was kind of a unique pivotal moment mm-hmm. for me. And I just learned a real lesson in my, in my life. Like, um, I don't know. I've just never gotten to the point where I've just become this like magical, perfect Christian where I haven't gotten over my own insecurity, even though like you would be seem like the last person in the world someone would be insecure with. And I was like, I just totally let it, man. Got to take your shot when it's open. Man, you got to shoot your shot, man. You totally got to shoot your shot. And I could have made all kinds of reasons for why I didn't, mm-hmm. but it was just fear. That's okay, though, because now that you say this, like, I definitely remember that day very specifically. And I also remember saying something, like, really dumb to you with one of the questions that I did have. And you answered, like, very honestly. Like, you told me that, like, you will find God, like, when when it happens. Could be in two minutes. Could mm-hmm. be in two hours. It mm-hmm. Could be in two weeks. Like, could be tomorrow. Could be tonight. You know, who knows? Yeah. And... I remember, I think I just took that and ran with it way too much and like blew it way out of context. Mm -hmm. I think I sat on that for a few years after that and Mm. just like, well, Seth told me it'll happen when it happens. Put on the back burner. Yeah. And so that means Mm. like, I'll know when it's going to happen. Yeah. That's right. That bolt of lightning will just hit me on that. Kind of permission to not actually deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the bolt of lightning comes. Yeah. Fast forward to that (laughs) and like, it was not the bolt of lightning I expected. Yeah. I was hoping Sheesh, that it would man. be all nice and awesome and 
pretty and lovely or whatever. Yeah, but right. I will say that the day that we had the conversation about me being baptized, like, um, for all the listeners out there, like I am extremely sensitive and like, I am not opposed to crying. <laughs> nope. Anything. You're very in touch with your emotions. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it drives me bananas. Yeah. Like it really does. And I don't like that. It, it feels like sometimes it like gets the best of me and takes over me and like, like I'm a strong 40 year old male. Like I should be able to stand tall and like talk to you. Mm -hmm. And so I had had it in my head just like for like 24 hours that like yeah. me and Seth meet tomorrow when we're talking, like I'm totally going to tell them, when can I get baptized? When yeah. is this going to happen? Yeah. And you totally beat me to the punch. Yeah. You're just like, so. When are you getting baptized, man? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, dang. Yeah. You kind of took my boldness away. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it was there, man. Yeah, it was awesome. I think, well, then we kind of did it for each other a little bit, right? Because yeah. you were the one that called me out over lunch you know, after golf. It was like, so please tell me more yeah. <laughs> about this thing. And uh, yeah, so I, I guess we kind of just helped each other out there. I wish we bit. had this stuff then so we could record some of these They were good conversations. conversations. Yeah. yeah, they were amazing. What's amazing about it is how much I feel like I learn when you're forced to explain the things that matter to you most, but sometimes are abstract or you, you're not used to putting words to often enough. Like I just found it because I'm having to explain it to someone who, who doesn't, you know what I mean? There's no reference point to point back to of common, like, mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know, this verse in the Bible, or, or you remember this story, or, you know, kind of what it's like when God does this in your life. And like, there's just a blank stare coming from this table. I'm like, okay, well let, okay, let's start from square one, which is super good. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it allow it just removes assumption out of your life. Where like I assume like I know God and and every and the important things about Him, but it actually forces me to think through what do I know about God, what is what is true about Him, you know what have I assumed versus what is real and all this, um, and it, it forces really to clarify in my own life in my own head, um, which I find just incredibly valuable. Um, yeah, I still I still remember. Um, yeah, I still remember uh, getting a phone call from you, kind of when the you know when everything was kind of hitting the fan mm -hmm. and things were kind of falling apart. And I remember you called me and I mean, you were emotional. I mean, it was obvious like life was like hitting really hard and you were like, man, I, I'm just open. I need help. I don't care if God's involved, but you talk about God. I just, I just, you know, I need to, life's getting tough right now and, and I, I need some help processing it. I still remember it because I remember that phone call was kind of the turning point that seemed to be kind of, um, that seemed to be the turning point that everything kind of flowed out of like, all right, Garrett now is broken enough that he's actually reaching out beyond himself. Yeah. Um, not just to me, but he's just, I'm just the phone number he had in his phone, but he was really wanting to reach out for God right now. And the reason why I remember it, because it was literally, I had just walked through the gates at Disneyland <laughs> with my family. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I just, I like, I pick up my phone. It's buzzing. I was like, literally if any other human on the planet had called me at that, that moment, crazy. I never would have answered. Have, I mean, you shouldn't, I mean, I'm glad you did, but, uh, but like, no, like, oh. I saw your name and I just knew what was going on in your life generally mm -hmm. at that time. And so I'm like, like, I remember looking at it, you know, and I, I think I remember like showing my wife, I was just like, she's just, you better answer it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and it was like of a, a pastor. Well, yeah. I mean, it was what, it was like a five minute phone call. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it doesn't, but I remember like, it's just this weird thing, you know, and maybe in hindsight, it clarifies it. But I remember your life was falling apart. You were devastated and upset. And I just remember feeling this excitement of like, oh my gosh. Like this, this, this is, is where, it. this is it. This is where God's going to move. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes it's those moments when everything feels like it's falling apart. That's actually like, it's, I don't think God's causing all the pain or causing all the, the chaos or causing all what's ever going on, but God uses those moments really powerfully. And yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I could just sense that God was up to something and God in doing something. Sure enough, it wasn't that long later where like you, you had committed your life to Jesus. Like you started going through a Bible study with me, like actually like mm -hmm. looking in the Bible, reading it for yourself. I remember like, cause I've done this like a number of times. I remember like, you know, you're like, Oh, where should I start? How should I read the Bible? I was like, well, start with like the book of Mark, I think mm -hmm. is what I told you. And I remember like, I kind of expected you read like a chapter or maybe two chapters. And then we met together like a few days later and you'd read it all the way through like twice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, all right, this dude's serious, man. Yeah. This dude's serious about it. Like just super fun. Super fun. And I mean, it was, even though like everything was flipped upside down so badly, it was a lot of fun. And like, it's kind of one of those things I wish I could experience it again in like a different light, of course. Yeah. 
But uh, I just remember that someone needs to make a movie of it. Right. You know, we'll just let. Yeah, no big deal. You'll let some famous actor play you, and then you can Somebody's just watch it. Super awesome. <laughs> like The Rock, maybe. I don't yeah, know. The Rock. <laughs> you know, skin tone. Pretty close like. to size, right? <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> the tattoos, at least. I was about oh, to say, anyways. who could play Garrett Vogler? There's got to be someone out there. Anyway, I'll have to give that some thought, man. Yeah, me too, because I can't even think. Yeah. Of, it's kind of hard to think about somebody. In, anyways. Um, it is a shame, though, that it did take that many years for me to even attend church once. Just check it out. All these friends of mine. And the irony was our church was meeting like a block and a half from your business. If that. <laughs> if that. If Crazy. That. Yeah. So I definitely remember, like, I've always had this you know, perception of you, of the person that I know. Mm-hmm. And like, I know that you're a nice guy. You're easy to talk to. You like sports. We have a ton in common sure. and this and that. And I know that clearly you're intelligent. You're very well spoken. But then like to see you in your element, like at church, I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, this is the same dude that I've been talking to for the last eight years. This is crazy. Like, yeah. does everybody in this church know like how awesome this is? Like, <laughs> and not only do I get to come here like every Sunday, but like, it's always, I don't know. I can't quite figure out how it is that there was so many messages from week to week that I felt like whether it was you or a guest pastor, like yeah. I felt like you, I would may have well may as well have been the only person yeah. in the church. Yeah, like everything was directed towards. It was like, especially when we did have guest pastors. Yeah, who don't know you or don't they know don't know you. me yeah, at yeah, all? Yeah, and sure. I'm like talking to you throughout the week, and so like I can expect, especially in the beginning, from time to time. I know some of the things you were referencing and some of your sermons had to do with some of the things that we had talked about. Sure. And yeah, yeah. that's great. But like to have these other people who don't know me and like some of the time, like I swear to goodness that <laughs> they were looking directly at me when they were like making a point of something. Yeah. And I just remember, you know, leaving church every Sunday being like, dang, there's so much more that I need to read and find out about this. And you know, who else can I talk to about this? And, yeah. um, I think that's, I remember that. I remember that too. I mean, I've had several people actually tell me that same thing. It's like, dude, did you just, were you just talking to me? Like, how did you mm-hmm. know what I, what week I had? But I remember feeling that way. Like I, when all of a sudden you have this relationship with God and like the spirit of God is alive in you. It's like, it's like, it's somehow like whatever words are being spoken around you, especially at, at like church, if it's a worship song or it's a preaching or it's whatever, sometimes even just in a small group or conversation, it's like, it's like all of a sudden the spirit of God is like spotlighting or highlighting certain things. And it's just showing you like, no, this is for you. This is actually for you. Yeah. It's you know? crazy. This Bill just, Zip. Yeah. It's not just a, a nice Ted talk of general information. Serious. Like this is, this is like actually the living God, you know, through another person speaking something personal to you. It's a crazy experience. You know what crazy. I mean? I don't know that people outside of church can fully appreciate what that's like because they can just see going to church and mm-hmm. doing the routine and hearing the same materials or stories from the Bible. But it's not that. It's actually a very personal thing yeah. of meeting with God in a very real way. So it's really exciting to see people kind of encounter that and experience that. I mean, I, I fully consider it as uh, far less to do with me than appears on the surface, but I, God's just good like that. Cause like you say, it could be, you could almost rotate as long as the speakers love Jesus and are being faithful, you know, God's going to use that moment, you know, at the beginning of the fall or end of the summer, whichever it was, uh, one of the times that Bill Zip was the guest pastor that they, the main point that he was trying to stress, I swear to you when he made it, you know, he was getting pretty loud and excited yeah how he does and yes he's he very does. animated he is it's really amazing. it's really fantastic Love bill and he's a member of our church yeah, here yeah, right totally. and yeah. like i rarely ever encounter him which is a shame yeah he's up in the balcony oh gotcha. you gotta find him that up would there. be why that would be why man anyways the balcony uh, dwellers. when he was stressing his main point i swear to you i mean he looked right at me and it was like something out of alice in wonderland where his like face just came <laughs> off of his head and like right in front of mine oh, and he goodness. was just like it was almost like he was telling me, like, Garrett, let go of this. Yeah. And yeah. so many of these profound moments since I have been going. And uh, I I really remember in a lot of our past conversations, and especially when I did start um, talking with you, um, you told me, like, people don't go to church. You know, people go to church 
because they want to, not because they have to, yeah. or at this gray, reason or at, that at reason. City. Yeah, yeah for and sure. um, I'm definitely to the point now where like I really hate missing it. Yeah, it's like it's a perfect way to start my day. Yeah, whether or not I wake up on the wrong side of the bed or not. Yeah, right. And if I really like the message of the first service, if the rest of my day falls apart, I can do it again at seven o'clock <laughs> and be surrounded by, you know, different, just crowd, as many, yeah, yeah, just other people, yeah, the same message. And maybe I'm going to hear it a little bit differently. Yeah. And, oh, it's just been fantastic. And there really is, I, w- I wish that more people would at least like maybe open their ears a little bit more and like talk to more of their community members that, are involved in faith and even whether it's with our faith or a different faith, like why would you not want to be knowledgeable about the people around you and the community that yeah, you live in? Totally. And so, um, man, I just totally lost my train of thought right there. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're talking about it. That I think this is, uh, I mean, this is partly why I really want to, you know, podcast this conversation is because, um, like I remember our journey, and to me, it just it typifies, I think, so much of the Christian experience. You know, um, I actually made an intentional effort. Um, I wasn't used to paying to get my hair cut every week, mm-hmm. but made the conscious choice. Like I want to, I want a relationship with this guy, and it required something. I mean, it required that I paid to get my hair cut every month. Now I got the benefit of actually looking good every month, so that that uh, that outweighed the cost, like no doubt. Um, but you know, back in the early days, you know, 10 years ago, like that was a, that was actually, we had to budget that that was actually mm-hmm. a rearrangement of some things in our budget. It was, so there was some sacrifice there. Um, and there was like a, a, you know, I had to, you know, going out at 9 PM on a Monday, you know, my personality, that's not like the, that wasn't the easiest thing to do. I mean, right. I had to wake up early the next day. There was, there was some sacrifice involved, even though I thoroughly enjoyed it and the benefits outweighed the sacrifice. No question. Um, I think that what it looks like for Christians to be faithful to Jesus and to really experience the full life of Jesus is you got, you got to stretch yourself a little bit. You got to get out there. You got to put yourself out. They got to shoot your shot. You got to start meeting some of your neighbors. You got to start meeting some of the people that are out there in your city that have stories. They're interesting to learn. Just like you say, no matter what background they're coming from, um, we have to have the confidence that we have something valuable to share that we can easily take for granted, whether it's our own personal faith or the community of faith that we're a part of, or just the reality of what God does around us on a regular basis that we can just become pretty numb to, um, that most people are just don't ever, ever get. And just the regular things we get to experience, like worshiping God, being in his presence, hearing his word. These are really awesome things that mo- literally most people never encounter and for many intents and purposes won't unless y- you are the person helping to introduce them to it. Yeah. And I think being still a fairly new Christian, um, I think the word disciple sounds kind of scary. It like, does. Yeah. Sure. You know, to tell people that aren't very outgoing or not willing to talk to people, like we want you to go create more of us. Yeah. And um, that is a very <laughs> scary thing. And yeah, it's really not, though. No, and, it's very natural, isn't and it? And I don't think that there's too many people that I don't feel like they fully understand that we don't get together like this to just talk about Jesus. We don't ever sit around on a Monday night and we're like, oh, my God, guess what Jesus did for me today? I mean, of course, we like to talk about yeah, that stuff. Sure. But a lot of that stuff does tend to be shared more with, like, your loved ones or you know, your closer friends, yeah. the people that you can be vulnerable to. That's right. And some of these people that you are trying to disciple, whether or not you want to put that label on it. Sure. You know, you only extend out so much and they only extend so much out to you. And like, that's why these Monday night things are so perfect because we're not saying that we need you here so you can come to our church. We're saying we need you here to build relationships with you and let's build a community and like, Let's do it all based off of love. How can anybody complain about that? Yeah. Well, they find ways. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's the craziest part about this for me so far. Yeah. I can't understand how anybody would not want to like love their neighbor like they love themselves. You know what I mean? Like it it just boggles my mind. Like the good news of Jesus is actually good news. I mean it's good it's good news, you know. Well, it's not, yeah. One of my one of the the best parts about this for me is, of course, that I have kids 
and I have a 17-year-old son and a 14-year-old daughter. And um, last summer, me and my son were driving in the car together, and mm-hmm. it was like a lazy Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And we really had the volume on the radio like super low, mm-hmm. and it was like really quiet and awkward in the car. Mm-hmm. And my son's a little on the quieter side. Mm-hmm. I mean, not many talk above me or over me. <laughs> yeah, that's but, all relative, right? Yeah, it was just one of those. It was it was just a really awkward time with just me and my kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were cruising past the little Gulf City on Highway 20 there and, you know, all by those farm fields and stuff. So it was like a yeah, little mini golf spot, extra quiet yep. and awkward. And yep. he just randomly and he's not resistant to coming into church with me. He's just more like, uh, I'm 16. I would rather like sleep or hang out with my buddies. Pretty much anything else. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> anything else. And, you know, he's pretty good about you know, I'll go to church with you today if it'll make you happy kind of thing, which yeah. great, it will. So mm-hmm. let's go. But he just turned to me out of just out of the silence. And he was like, I think I want to start going to church with you more. And I didn't mean to sound quite as, I don't know, crappy as I did, but I was like, why? <laughs> Almost <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Why would you want to go there? And I mean... <laughs> My son is definitely on the sensitive side like his father. And he kind of turned to me and like his eyes were getting a little water. And he was just saying to me, like, you just seem so much happier. And like the people that you've surrounded yourself with. I was like, what 16 year old says this? Yeah. Like, wow. It was like one of my proudest like parenting moments. Like, I didn't, sorry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do anything to like. I don't know. I just involved him like when I could. Yeah. And it's, you're, something real was happening in yeah. your life. And you know it's real, especially when your mm-hmm. kids see it. And even still now, um, like he's, he's still more on the sparingly side, but he is starting to make his own connections, yep. which is great because that's all I want for my kids. Like I don't need to tell them, you know, you need to do this because your dad does or your mom does no, or they, whatever. Like got to make their own decisions. Yeah. And, be yeah. Uh, your free thinking self. Like. Yeah. Check different stuff out. Like, see what you like. See what you don't like. See what makes you happy. Hopefully, you can find something that I've found. And um, with both of my kids, my daughter now, um, she's taking a lot of matters into her own hands with this and doing even things outside of our church your with great, other. Man. Yeah, your daughter's the bomb. And yeah, it's it's so fascinating, and it makes me it makes me so much happier going back to you know like the future of America. Like I feel so much better about, especially the way that my kids are growing up and turning out to be like these really cool young adults, and you know they're discipling their own friends in like their own way, like whether they know it or not. Like you can see it working, and you can see it happening, and like how does that not make you happy? How yeah. would that not make any parent happy yeah 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 so like i said like why people don't at least give it a shot or at least reach out to a good friend of theirs that is involved you know learn more talk to people more start the conversation man well you know what have you got to lose in my field of work you know obviously you're not supposed to talk about sex you're not supposed to talk about politics you're not supposed to talk about religion but i have a ton of different clients that walk in all kinds of different faith and like I have questions. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know why, like, I already know that Joe Blow is so fantastic. Why is Joe Blow so fantastic? And why does Joe Blow think and feel so differently than I do? Mm -hmm. So I have questions. Why do you go to the church you go to? Why do you believe in the things that you believe in? Like, I don't think that these should be things that shouldn't be talked about. I understand in the nature of my business. I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm just asking questions. Yeah. I'm not telling them like, you're a Mormon. I can't believe you're a Mormon. Like right. that's crazy. Like why Especially would you be sitting like, in the chair and you're holding sharp instruments? Right? Close to their neck. <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of really fantastic people that, you know, walk in all different parts of life and like, you should try and get to know them, especially if they're paying you money for a service. Yeah. I love it. I, I think you, your heart is so naturally bent in that way. I'm hoping that more Christians just embrace this and adopt this. I think there's this notion that somehow like inherent within a spiritual dialogue is going to be this nasty conflict, you know, because I think that's all we see modeled, right? It's yeah. just this so-and-so destroyed so-and-so. Like my kids are on YouTube sometime and literally it's like 
every clickbait you ever see is just like, oh, watch this left wing person destroy the right wing or, or vice versa, you know, yeah. like rips them apart. And then if you actually watch the videos half the time, like, you know, some of the time they're actually just having a polite, nice conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just all clickbait. But even that's just the idea that always gets generated. And, uh, and I think, you know, I've been a Christian now for 18 years, even though I didn't grow up in the church here in Corvallis. And I always have this weird kind of one foot in, one foot out perspective of church, you know, because I didn't grow up in it. So it still doesn't feel entirely normal to me, but I've been in it long enough now that I can feel comfortable in it to some degree. And for people that have really been in it a while or grown up in it, I think it's amazing. If you get to grow up in a Christian home with a great Christian mom or Christian dad, awesome. That's fantastic. That's a blessing. If they love Jesus and they teach you to love Jesus and you're praying a prayer to invite Jesus in your heart when you're five or six years old, like that's amazing. That's incredible. Um, But I think that sometimes some of the downsides is you actually start, you can maybe unintentionally grow up in a bubble where you just fear the outside of it and you think that everyone is, is hostile. And so like I've been flipped off. I've been cussed out like for, you know, for trying to mention Jesus. I've had people, I've had it not go well, but that is such a rare occurrence. Yeah. And if you, if you're like humble and you're civil and you're polite and you're just like, you're describing, like you're asking questions and just trying to get to know people, Mm -hmm. people are very open. Corvallis is supposed to be this very Northwest, you know, supposed to be so post-Christian and so closed off and so anti this and that. Like, man, I'm sure if you go on the news, you can find the extremes of right and left or whatever. And you can find people that, you know, the atheists or the pagans or the whatever is and like whatever ism that is really hostile. But my goodness, like just most people are just waiting to have an honest conversation about something. And I don't think the point of those conversations is that, man, I'm going to talk to them one time and they're going to agree with me or, yeah. or buy in or even want to come to church. But I think the point is like you and I had a relationship that spanned years, you know, and uh, and it was the development of that relationship through God worked. He could have worked in a day. He could have worked in a month. He, he worked over the process a couple of years. Maybe it could have been faster. Um, but the prop that I think it's, it's all worth it in the end. You know what I mean? Like it's all worth it in the end, you know, like going to get my hair cut, you know, going to play golf, like having all the conversations, stepping out when it felt a little awkward. And now we look back now and you know what I mean? I got, I got a brother in Christ now. It's just awesome. I get to see you develop Super awesome. your own relationship with God. Like you don't even come to me anymore. Just like everything like, tell me about this. Tell me about that. Like, you're actually learning things on your own. Like, mm-hmm. that's something that you've owned. It's personal for you. It's not just plugged in through me. It's not even... So anyway, super fun stuff to watch. I, I'm, I'm just with you. I'm just agreeing with you 100%. Yeah, yeah. More people should step out. I agree. I, I mean, I would like to continue to... I keep having... I keep struggling with... Um, my most recent struggles have been... I want to do more. I, I definitely want to serve... But I don't know what that looks like just yet. Mm. And so, like, I feel like I'm going to continue to talk to God and see what that is because yeah. I want it to be something different. Yeah. Like, I understand we need ushers. Sure. And, like, when, on you know, Sundays, there's we stuff need, to do. For we sure. need community members to be involved in the church. And, you know, I'm very happy to be involved in the church. Yep. But I want something different and I want it to look different. And I haven't quite figured out what it is, but. I feel like I'm getting there and I'm going to continue to not only talk to God, but talk to you and talk to like the elders at my ecclesia and just the elders in church in general. And um, one of the biggest things that I've got out of this and I've read about in the Bible, especially is, you know, it talks about how um, I don't remember what book it was in, but. I remember giving three different examples of like how that plant or the weed would grow. Oh, the, the seed? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Seed in the soil. So funny because yeah, yeah. me and my girlfriend just talked about this the other night. You think I'd be a little bit more knowledgeable about it today because like two days great, ago. Man. You're doing great. And um, anyways, um, I remember the middle example being the one where um, like new Christians are so excited, but they burn Spring out so burn fast. Out. And yeah. Right. That reading that, especially reading that like so early on into when I first opened up a Bible, like yeah. I knew right away that like this cannot happen to me. Mm. Like it just can't. Mm. And I remember thinking first, like this would really disappoint Seth. And then I remember <laughs> thinking like more on that, you yes, know, because right. I wanted to think about it on a very deeper, a much deeper level. Yeah. But then I was like, no, this would be disappointing to God. Like, there we go. I've come to this, you know, 
fork in the road. Yeah. Which path am I going to take? Yeah. Well, now that I feel like I have chosen the right path yeah. and stayed on it to the best that I can. Yeah, for sure. We all do sin every day, don't we? Uh, Unfortunately. Occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally. We'll say occasionally. <laughs> it sounds way better. Um, just that uh, I really hope that I can help those that have been Christians for a long time not become stale. Oh, I hope, I so hope good, that Garrett. I can come with such a big voice that they're just like, we need to stop telling him that he can't Yeah, because he can. Yeah. And yeah, there again, when I say he, I don't just no. mean just me. No, like, you mean God. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Totally. And like I can do That's more it, and yeah. I can be as loud as I want to be. Yeah. And I could be as sensitive as I want to be. Yeah, and, for sure. You know, like no, we, I, need, we need a hundred more like you. I think that's why, like, I think that's why churches, we need the cities and, and community neighbors around us. Like mm-hmm. we need new life to happening among us. Other, you're exactly right. We, ju- we just get stale. Yeah. Get and I don't like the elders that I have surrounded myself with, like that are in my ecclesia. I think they're so just the best people because you could tell that they don't want to get stale. And even though there might be some of these that are surrounding us, whether it's in our ecclesia or... When you say ecclesia, just, that's just for reference sake. That's our small group. Yeah, yeah, that we yeah have sorry. Here at City. Our no, little Bible study group, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's always going to be a couple of those people around and maybe they don't know how to get out of their funk. Yeah. And I hope that me and others, of course, yeah. can be the ones that get them out of there because we are excited you know, just like they probably were back in the day. Yeah. But I also, I sit back and think about the fact that I'm 40 years old, so I've definitely experienced a little bit of life. And yeah. so like these things definitely become very important to like the whole foundation of your life. That's right. And so I say that I would like to help these people that are becoming stale, but I would like to also help, you know, you guys are linked up with campus ministry, which is, fantastic so we're like we're building an even bigger foundation of maybe more people like me who are new yeah and if someone like me who can come in who's 40 and has experienced a little bit of life that's right and if i'm a new christian like i can just help you be a new christian too and like show you what it'll look like to walk the next 20 years of your life without god and show you what the comparison would be like oh, my like it would be totally different like that's game changing if if me and That's my ex-wife, totally if me and my ex-wife had laid this foundation down from day one, mm. like, and I'm not saying that I'm not happy with the way that my life is now. I'm just saying, like, right. our experience Things over the 16 different. years we were married would have looked so, so entirely different. different. Yeah. And like, I would hate to see, you know, any of these kids that I get to establish relationships with you know, have that to look forward to for the next 20 years, like absolutely, plenty of great times, plenty of great memories and like lots of fun and, you know, just lots of great life. And, but you can have a better one Mm -hmm. and you can have it easily without doing anything. Yeah. All you have to do is like give yourself up Yeah, and you don't have to give yourself up to anybody else. Like no physical being in front of you. You get to have your own conversations whenever you want. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, around anybody else like it could be when you're walking down the street it could be when you're in the shower yeah it, buddy i just i don't get it and i really wish that more people just have a conversation yeah it doesn't have to be like tomorrow i'm gonna be a christian yeah i i hope i hope people hear this and i i hope they hear it as encouragement just inspiration yeah because I, I think that's what your story is we yeah i was talking with steve merle he was on the podcast he's such a good podcast. It was a fun way. one, wasn't it? Man. But uh, I mean, the thing that stuck with me from that conversation that you're embodying here is that uh, ministry happens before maturity, that you actually are released out to go. Even if you've got like if you're one chapter into the Bible, there's plenty of people out there with none. Like if you're two chapters in, there's plenty of people out there with one. You can lead out of where you are, minister and serve other people out of where you are. Not in some like and this is totally not what I'm getting from you, but not in some arrogant way where like, man, like I want to be important or I've, I want to know or tell people what to do. Like not that, but just to say like, man, God's done something real in my life that I authentically want to share with people Mm -hmm. for whom it might actually benefit 
to hear. And I think once people actually begin to minister and serve in that way, that's the process that God actually brings about maturity. When you're loving other people and sharing your story and helping them through their life yeah. journey, like, um, and that's also going to press you to like, well, man, I'm going to need to know more. Like, I'm need to know more of these scriptures. I'm going to know more of the teachings of Jesus. I need to obey them more, apply them more to my life, so I don't just have knowledge. I have experience. Mm-hmm. Like, it just presses you in every direction. But you don't just. I think a lot of Christians think, I'm not prepared. I'm not trained. I'm not equipped. I don't know enough. I don't, you know, I haven't read the Bible enough. I haven't prayed enough. I, I don't know if I can do it. Um, and I think you're just living proof of like, just step out in a simple way yeah. to give what you got. I mean, still, I bet, I bet 80% of the Bible, I still have to tackle. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't make me any less of a Christian than no, anybody else or nothing. No. Yeah, and yeah. so you're on your way. Yeah. And you'll get there. Well, but what you have learned You've applied. Yeah. And I mean, I know not perfectly, but that's, but that's the point of being a disciple is not just that I'm learning, but that I'm that's imitating, right. that I'm applying what I'm learning. And uh, yeah, so that's, uh, so that's a beautiful part of the process. Yeah, you know? and just know that, you know, like if I'm reaching out to you, like I want to walk with you too. Yeah, like, for sure. Let's do it. For sure. Well, I think that part of this is the fact that like I'm extremely extroverted, like not many people like, scare me as far as like this talking to them or showing them who I am. And like, I like being the center of attention and, <laughs> you know, I like to be that, like, you if I'm me, having, if I'm so having different. a, if I'm having a party, like yeah. I want to make sure that like, I talk to everybody who comes to my yes, party. Like, right. let's all have just a good time the, together. I yeah. just hide in the coat closet. So that's how we're different. Yeah. And <laughs> that's another thing that I would really like. That's another way that I'm trying to figure out like how I can, I want to be able to reach out to those people that are more introverted that are going to sit back and be more quiet because you know, that being that you're more on the introverted side, I know that people like yourself will sit back and look at people like me sometimes and be like, how does he do that? Like, Mm -hmm. how does he, how does he just say that? Or how does he act like that? Or, you know, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, um, I'd like to help more of you find out how like, you need to get that inner voice out in some capacity. Sure. And it doesn't have to look the same. That's right. And yeah. I'm not saying that you need to get up on stage with me and let's do a song and dance together. Like you just need to be able to like, you have to be able to talk about your testimony. People need to know who you are. Jeez, Garrett. Do you and so, slice it and dice it today, buddy? My goodness. But I mean, that, I mean, that's the <laughs> truth, no, right? Like so we good, need man. to know. We need it's to. So good, and man. if I need to be the person to show you what that looks like, to show you that, you know, like it's okay to it's not that scary. cry It'd about these okay. things that yep. like might make you feel a certain way or sure. like maybe even get so passionate that you're starting to get on the verge of angry about, you know, whatever. Like, let's just talk it out. Like we're adults. Mm-hmm. Like let's have it. a rational conversation and like we can get excited and cry and laugh and joke and be pissed and whatever. Like yep. we're just trying to being a Christian is uncomfortable. Yeah. That's the nature of it. It's always going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, it's beautiful and uncomfortable, like all yeah, at the same time. All right? at the same time. Yeah, it's like, right. you know, one of the things that, uh, um, you know, my wife and I, we, I, I can't even remember where we heard this before, but it was so true when you're raising young kids, especially when they're like two, three, four, like toddler years mm-hmm. kind of thing, is that, you know, teaching them how to interact with other adults, especially, you know, and a lot of times kids will like bury their face, you know, in your leg or something like that, or they'll. You know, they'll like ignore like the adult when the adult's saying hi, hi to them. And we would, you know, we would always train our kids to say, like, no, you look them in the eye, you shake their hand, you kind of do them, tell them to do that. And, uh, you know, a lot of times parents like, you know, kids are acting like, oh, they're just being shy. Well, no. Okay. So here's the difference. There's a difference between being shy and being rude. And when someone's looking at you and say, hi, you know, how are you? What's your name? And you just turn away. Like I get there too, <laughs> but that's, you know, it's rude. And of course there's grace for them when they're too, but they need to be taught like, okay, shy is like, I'm reluctant, but rude is I ignore them. You know, mm-hmm. that there's a big difference. And I think that, so even with my own introversion as an example, like I think that even no matter how car, how hardcore of an introvert that you are, Jesus doesn't make an exception for you when he calls you to be a witness to him. Now, how that looks, how you behave at a party how you speak to people, whether it's a crowd or a one-on-one in a coffee shop or in your, li- like how it all comes across, the how many words you use or how few you use, whether you need to like recuperate by yourself, you know, in a forest or you need to do so at a very large, you know, raving party, something like that. 
all that for granted. But I think you can't mistake introversion for rudeness. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you, or or just or disobedience or fear. I don't think that should run your life. And I just I've had to be very. I think every introvert needs to hear this, especially from an, coming from an extrovert, because I just appreciate that you guys exist in the world. But I've just always had to balance that out. That yes, I'm an introvert. I know where I get my energy from. I know maybe what I'm naturally bent to. What's going to drain me more or less in social environments. I, I'm aware of all that. But I also know, man, I can't live my life by fear, and I certainly can't be rude. Um, and I think that's a, that's just a difference. And so uh, I sometimes I meet people a lot of times like they'll see me other church or whatever. Like you're an introvert. Like yeah, but I'm not. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Like, yeah, yeah. I love, I'd love to meet you. Like, hear your story. I'm not, you know, like I, if I, if I did this for a few hours, I'd probably have to go home and curl up for a little while with <laughs> binge some stranger things or something right. you know, to get my mind right. But, but no, like, I think that's a really, really good, really good, healthy kind of balanced sort of challenge. So yeah. I'm, I'm appreciate that you're giving it. Gary, this is really good. I, I think people can receive this hopefully as, as an encouragement and inspiration. Um, I love what God is doing in your life, man. And uh, you, so are, awesome. you are a guy with, with uh, some really cool thoughts and opinions. And so we are already kind of plotting and scheming on the beginning stages of figuring out what kind of other conversations we can have. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just such a, like it's a prime season of your life where things are just so fresh and learning and growing. Um, and uh, I, just, I just hope everyone out there that uh, my hope is that even as you're listening to this, you might just get like a name or an image of someone in your mind, someone you feel like maybe you should reach out to. Maybe it's someone you already know or you want to know. And the people would just step out, man, and say hi. Call them. Start the call them. Say what's up. Start the drop the text. Invite them out to a brew mm-hmm. pub on a Monday night, you know, with a couple of your buddies. Like, yeah, we're trying to do it again too. And so far, so good. And some of the people are not even closely related to church at all. Yeah, which is the best. And we've part. had a great time. It's the mixed crowd sometimes. It keeps things in. Like I say, still not enough people for me. It's I, not I boring. Always, I want like twenty or thirty people I like every Monday night, but. It may get it's crazy, but it won't be boring. It will not be boring. It will not be boring. Garrett Vogel, this has been so much fun, buddy. We so got to do this fun. Again. Can't wait to do it again. Yeah, buddy.